Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill DeMent, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business. Hey, Bill. James, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm fine. Hey, excited. You have once again brought someone to my attention, introduced me to somebody, and I'm going to let you introduce him in just a minute, but I'm, I, I feel like I need to issue a warning <laughs> to the audience here because just in the pre-show in a few minutes uh, with this gentleman, um, I can assure you, number one, you're going to want to pay attention and I can guarantee you he's going to machine gun you yeah. with quality uh, medical advice. There is a fire hydrant of information that we're going to get today, and I'm I'm super excited about it. Um, I I met this individual just a couple weeks ago through our good friend Trish Murphy, um, and I can't wait to talk more about it. But I would love to introduce Tim Anderson. Tim. <laughs> Tim is the owner of. Uh, our, our fans are excited. He's the owner of the uh, My Health Matrix um, in Lake Mary, Florida. So, Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. How are y'all? Hey, Excellent. great. Thanks. So excited. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, so you have a great background. I know that you met Trish through, I think, some Favob stuff, the veteran stuff, right? Correct. Correct. Well, let's, I'd love to just learn a little bit about you. Talk, you know, some of your background and kind of what led you to where you are right now. Yeah, so um, I grew up in uh, Los Angeles, California, and um, joined the military. I was a military veteran for 13 years uh, over in Operation Desert Storm, U.S. Army. I was a combat medic. Thank you. Um, Went and did training as a respiratory therapist. Um, After that, I got out, went civilian, and went to physician assistant school in Fort Worth, Texas. Wow. So you were doing medical stuff actually in the military, yeah. and then you came out and you furthered your education. Correct. And then and where'd, where'd you go from there? So we were in Fort Worth. Um, my wife is a college professor, and she actually got recruited by University of Central Florida, and that's how we landed in Orlando. Oh, so she's a pr- professor at uh, UCF. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How long have you been in Orlando now? Eight years now. Eight years. Wow. And so I know your background a little bit. You have worked in the general practitioner side of the world for a little while, um, but then... Your journey's taking you a little bit, a little bit further. Give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah. So, um, first ten years, I was a PA. I did traditional medicine, family practice, urgent care, pediatrics. Six years of orthopedics, straight traditional, normal. Uh, last nine or ten years, I've been doing holistic hormone replacement therapy, holistic health, functional medicine type of practice. I had a buddy who, um, Kelly Cook in Texas, who was doing this kind of practice and he was one of my classmates and he kept recruiting me, Hey, come do this. You'd be amazing. Come do this. And I was like, "Mm, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I, insurance. I had a really good ortho job. And Mm. so then he finally wore me down and I made the jump Mm. to hormone replacement therapy. It's kind of a gray area, right? Because it's because it's not typical. You think of hormones, you think of maybe women in menopause or things like that. But like it's kind of a gray insurance area. So if you're jumping into that world, you're no longer in the mainstream style. Absolutely care. correct. And that's one of the problems with hormone replacement therapy is it's not universally accepted. There's a lot of physicians. There's a lot of uh, out medical providers that will you shouldn't do this. This is, you know, the studies aren't there. There's a, there's a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but the outcomes are absolutely amazing. Well, I had a friend who, who she was in this and she, she basically says that the mainstream medicine is usually 
what, like 30 years behind kind of the cutting edge. And this seems to me like it's more cutting edge style technology. I mean, getting into replacements and just kind of monitoring your health closer. Um, one of the things that we were talking about kind of off air is just, you know, what is the normal? What is, you know, the best way in the range and such? And so it really intrigues me. And um, I know that there's a lot uh, kind of unpacking this, but let's kind of start at the beginning. You have a new patient and you're working through, you know, who they are. Um, you know, what is your process in kind of getting through learning about what their what their needs are? Yeah. So one of the great things about what we do is a new patient uh, visit is one and a half to two hours in length, where if you look at traditional medicine, when's the last time you spent any more than probably maybe 15 minutes with your provider? Mm -hmm. And so we really jump into a lot of history, a lot of symptoms. We jump into the labs, you know, it, it, there's a structured um, approach to this. And so like you were talking about the labs and the normals, it's, you know, one of the things we talk about early in my consultation mm -hmm. is labs. And we talk about what is normal, who is normal. And so who gets labs drawn on the regular? Do healthy, awesome, feeling people get labs drawn regularly? No, not usually. And so if the healthy people aren't in the pool, who's in the pool? Hmm. People with chronic illnesses, high blood pressure, low thyroid, prediabetes, people who don't feel good, who want to feel better. And so if those people are in the pool and the healthy people aren't, when they start talking about normals, those, num those normals are going to be shifted to the left. They're going to be lower. And so I don't want my patients to be normal. I want them to feel amazing. I don't care what the number is, sort of speak. I care how you feel at the number. That's the most important piece. Right. And so when you're trying to find those numbers, obviously the normal range for one person isn't going to be the normal range for somebody else. Correct. I think that's what intrigues me the most is like knowing what your number is. Because I've had some, um, some work done, some testosterone stuff years ago. And the numbers they were giving me were, you know, normal ranges, whatever for testosterone with maybe a peak at 400. But the doctor I was seeing back then is like, well, but what is your normal? Like I've right. got guys that function better at 900 or a thousand. Right. Is that a better number for you? How do you feel? Um, talk about the benefits of maybe normalizing some of these numbers. What are some of the benefits once you kind of get in and you kind of see where people are, male or female, um, what are some of the benefits of feeling this way? Because I know I, I, I turned 51 just a couple of days. And I'm already feeling the old guy syndrome, like creak in the morning, my knees hurt. And sometimes I sleep good. Sometimes I don't sleep very good. Um, and so I'm sure I've got better in me. I just got to, I'm not sure where they are. What are some benefits that you, that you've seen what normal feels like? Yeah. So, and there, in, you have to look at, in our practice, it's not just the hormone replacement piece. It's not just the testosterone, the thyroid, it's iron deficiency, it's adrenals. It's what's your sleep, it's your diet, it's your hydration, it's stress management. Are you having pain? Are you having regular bowel movements? That's what makes our practice different is we're not looking at just the hormone piece of your puzzle because if I only fix that piece of your puzzle, that's the only thing I fix. If we don't fix your sleep and your hydration and your diet, et cetera, et cetera, you're never going to be amazing. You'll be better, but you're never going to be amazing. That's a good point. And so that's part of what we strive for is we want amazing. And so just let me 
just take testosterone since everybody wants to talk about testosterone. Everybody. Testosterone helps with energy, libido in most people, focus, drive, motivation, memory, sleep, lean muscle mass, less emotional up-down. It's anabolic. If you lift anything, you get stronger, less inflammation, stronger bones, monotherapy for depression. It improves insulin sensitivity. So like my type 1 and my type 2 diabetics, they have to decrease medications most of the time because their sugar starts to drop as their testosterone gets better because their insulin works better. Mm. So that's not normal. That's that's above normal in my mind. Well, but that's where it should be. That should be the normal. And that's the problem is with Western medicine, that Western medicine isn't here to make us healthy. Western medicine wants us a little bit sick. They want you accessing the system. They want you doing tests. They want you doing blood draws. They want you coming for office visits. They want you doing procedures. If you're really sick, they don't like that because then you're a drain on the system. But they want you a little bit sick. What we do is we make people less sick. We get them off antidepressants. Now, not everybody, but we get people off antidepressants, off sleep meds, lower diabetic meds, lower cholesterol meds. They lower blood pressure meds. They lower. They they can lower meds. Now, it's work. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of work, but it, but it does work. Well, we don't want to work. We just want to take a pill and feel better. Right? Yep. So I got complete honesty. When I think of holistic, I think of some mumbo jumbo. Okay. So so there's some negative connotations that I've had to filter through in the back of my head. I think of you know the the crystals and the people who are kind of doing some of the holistic stuff just drink this herbal tea and you're going to feel better. So how have you had, how have you been able to kind of shave away the, some of that negative, uh, you know, that negativity and just kind of pushed through that? Cause holistic means something different, I think, than what I think it was. Oh, absolutely. And I think it comes down to the outcomes and it comes down to the explanations. And that's why our visits are as long as they are, because a lot of what we talk about is the educational piece. We talk a lot about supplements, magnesium, vitamin D, omega, DHEA. One of the big things, vitamin D. Vitamin D is super important. The normal ranges per uh, traditional labs is 30 to 100. So if you're 32 or 34 or 35, your traditional Western medicine doc is going to say, oh, you're normal, you're fine. The problem is I like you in the 70 to 90 range. When you're above 70, you have a 50% decreased risk in cancer. You have better viral immunity. Hello, COVID. Mm. You have better cell-to-cell communication, less depression. Why wouldn't you want to be protective? We are three and a half years into COVID, and I'm still seeing people who come to see me with vitamin Ds in the 20. There's Mm. too much literature out there for people, again, three years into COVID. You haven't seen a doctor. You haven't got a lab drawn. You haven't had the vitamin D check. It's easy. It's cheap. The problem is you can't make money on vitamin D, so nobody wants to prescribe it. Well, I've had my labs drawn multiple times during COVID, and vitamin D has never come up with any of my doctor visits. Um, now, of course, I listen to to lots of podcasts, and so I knew the benefit of vitamin D. So I've been taking it's, it's the cheapest vitamin I think out there right now. You can I, I right. just bought three hundred. That's the five thousand I use with some K three to kind of help activate it, and it cost me like. $10, $12. It was not very expensive, right? Right. And, and it's fairly good. Um, 
And the benefits of that kind of came out and were kind of controversial during COVID. I remember people really kind of downplaying it. It's like, well, stay indoors. But but if I go outdoors, I'm actually going to get some sunlight, some vitamin D in the sunlight. Um, and I know that was, it really caused quite the uproar just in that one alone. You mentioned some other ones. So like magnesium, talk about that for a second. So magnesium, so my two favorite supplements, period, are magnesium and DHEA. Magnesium, everybody is borderline deficient. Everyone. If I could put it in the water, I freaking would. Magnesium helps with anxiety, stress, sleep, vascular stability, blood pressure, headaches. Helps with smooth muscle relaxation, restless leg, leg cramps. Helps with cardiac rhythms. Helps with nerve conduction. Helps bowel movements. You would be so shocked. Again, bowel movements, I'm looking for you to have two to three every day. You'd be shocked how many of my patients, both male and female, come in. Oh, yeah, I go to the bathroom twice a week. I put them on magnesium. They come back for their follow-up visits. or like, I had no freaking idea I could go mm. that much. Wow. And now all of a sudden, their belly doesn't hurt as much, and they're not as bloated. Are there, are there natural sources for magnesium? You can get it. The problem is t- our food sourcing today is way different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago because we don't rotate crops. We are planting every field, every season, multiple times if we can. And so you're depleting nutrients. And so nutritional content, micronutrition, zinc, magnesium, selenium, iodine, micronutrition stuff is less today. There are studies out there. There's less today than there was 20, 30, 40 years ago. So the nutritional content just isn't there. And you have to eat the variety every day to get it. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. Right. Yeah. We're pretty stagnant sometimes. Yep. Um, what is DHE? So DHEA, that's looking at your adrenals. And so DHEA, that's your stress hormone. And it's not usually three or six months of stress. It's 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of stress. This is relationships. This is chronic illnesses. This is overweight, poor sleep, injuries. This is work stress. Everybody's burning both ends of the candle in today's society, sometimes trying to burn the middle too. And everybody's depleted. And it's amazing shocking. We see college kids sometimes who are already having adrenal depletion because they're, you know, in high school, they're doing, you know, two a day sports, they're doing AP classes, they're doing homework till two in the morning. And they're already starting to show signs of adrenal depletion in their twenties. And so essentially what DHEA is, think of DHEA as your battery, energy battery. And so we give a little bit at morning, a little bit at noon, kind of play with the dosing based on the individual person. Usually don't take it past 3 p.m. because if you take it too late in the day and the battery doesn't discharge, somebody doesn't go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I tell my patients, if you call me at 1 o'clock in the morning, I will ask you, when did you take your DHEA? And so so that's actually an actual supplement, DHEA? Absolutely. It's a hormone, but it's a supplement over the counter. Over the counter. Okay, so we can just go to the the pharmacy or the store and buy it. Yep. Interesting. Want to become a business owner but not sure where to start? A hole-in-the-wall drywall repair franchise could be the opportunity you've been waiting for. As a franchisee, you'll have access to our comprehensive training program, ongoing support, and a proven business model developed to help entrepreneurs like yourself succeed. With our low overhead costs and high demand for services, you'll be able to hit the ground running and start generating income quickly. Achieve financial success while providing a valuable service to your community. Go to holeinthewallfranchising.com and take the first steps towards achieving your entrepreneurial dreams. 
Wow. Well, that's a lot going on. How about we take a quick reset and just talk about how you transitioned because you were in the mainstream medicine for a while and you've got your buddy that kind of led you over to, to the dark side. Um, and, um, and when did you just, when you came to, to Orlando, to Florida, how did you make that jump to kind of start your own, your own system here? So <clears throat> I was doing um, hormone replacement therapy, holistic wellness um, for a couple of years before we came here. Then I worked for a couple of clinics while I was here. And I know in my heart that everybody can benefit from what we do. Everybody on some level, whether it's the nutritional piece, whether it's the stress management piece, whether it's the sleep piece, anybody can benefit from what we do. I know that. The problem is I can only see about 500 people. Once I get to 500 people, I'm tapped out. I have to create a wait list. I've been here eight years, again, built a clinic um, up, and then was getting almost to that 500 people. And I started kind of, okay, what am I going to do? I need to, for me to impact people, I need to train other providers to do what I do, to run the structured protocol with reproducible results the way I run it. So that's kind of what led to this transition of moving into my own practice was, yes, we have a practice. We have to grow our local practice, but our local practice is just a hub for us to train other providers to introduce these concepts to other providers. And that's really what our goals are. So what, why aren't other doctors doing this? I mean, do they just don't believe in it or they're just, they're kind of ingrained in the system. So they don't want to jump off. I think it's the financial piece. Um, you know, if, if you're in the financial system, you're in the insurance business, it's a transition and you have to have somebody who you can trust you mentors you in how to transition out of seeing 40, 50, 60 people a day mm -hmm. to go into a clinic where you're seeing 10 people. 12 mm -hmm. people max. Sure. And it, it, it's a challenge. And I mean, you know, you're, you're board certified. I mean, again, it is on the fringes, mm -hmm. you know, of, of acceptance. It's more accepted now, obviously than it was five, 10, 15 years ago. And so that is where we are is more right now. We've been open for seven months. We're promoting. We have a couple of people who we have under contract to be affiliates and we are, looking at a couple more people who have expressed interest. So, so, you're, so you're trying to expand. Good. So I'm curious, once you bring somebody in, how long would it take to sort of train them to your methods? It depends on the individual person, obviously. Okay. Um, it, the, probably the less experience you have, the easier it's going to be. Because if you're a physician and you have years and years and years of traditional experience, looking at labs, looking at numbers, following the traditional methods... I have to kind of retrain your brain where if you're more of a newer person, you don't have a lot of, I won't say bad habits, but kind of bad habits, yeah. No, I get you that. know? And so you, it, it's easier to train somebody. Um, it's individual. You know, we, we do a lot of shadowing. We do a lot of simulated patients. They usually come, they're going to be coming to the clinic to work with us for three, four or five days. You know, they're going to have access to me. They're going to have mentoring with my partner who does more of the business development side. We're going to, you know, give them access, pharmacy, medical records, labs. We're going to kind of make it, you know, consent. We're going to kind of make it very easy for them to pick this up. So you're not in it alone. You've got a partner. Yep. That's, that's working this with you. 
Um, then how did you come to get, I mean, you, I've been to your space. You've just got a, it's a, you have a lovely space. So how did you end up kind of like breaking into that? Like, I guess the transition of I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start over here. That's got to be a, a, a risky kind of scary place. It was very scary. Um, you know, I had built up a pretty, you know, good practice, pretty good following. And I was to the point where I had to make that transition if I was going to make the transition. And so I just took a leap of faith, um, know that what I do works, know that the process, it, it, it was too proven. I can't get that lucky that many times for it not to be a protocol that's actually effective. Right. And so we just decided we're going to go ahead and make this transition. I was terrified. I didn't think anybody was going to come. All my friends are like, you are crazy. They're like, you're accessible. Your outcomes are what they are. You're personable. They're like, your patients will come. You will get new patients. You will be successful. I was absolutely freaking terrified. So I'd like to ask you a little bit about, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, the uh, insurance piece, because I know that you're doing things in a non-traditional way. And I also know that if an insurance company is willing to pay for something, then, you know, inside the medical community, it looks like that they're providing validation for the way it's being done. But you don't always do it the way perhaps an insurance company might like. So what is your, how do you guys navigate that? Well, we don't really work with the insurance company per se. There you and go. So, you know, we don't have insurance on staff. We okay. we use cash basis. Um, we allow patients to get their insurance, um, get their products through their, um, they can get labs through insurance. They can do, um, they can do some things like that. Um, if they need thyroid medication, we'll, you know, be able to go through their insurance. Um, but most of the time we, it's just cash. We, we just bypass the system. Right. So I have to say, um, cost is probably one of the scariest factors for us without any, you know, that, that have insurance. And, and there's so many preconceived notions, some misconceptions, basically that I can't, um, afford it. We went through a transition in our family where we didn't have the, the, the traditional, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, which frankly isn't that great because a lot of plans nowadays, unless your employer really can afford to, to, to give you a hefty health plan, it, it's more of, okay, we got your plan, you're contributing X number of dollars per, per month anyways towards it, and here's a $5,000 copay. Right. And then the first $5,000, you pay out of your pocket. But for our family, we ended up doing like a MedShare program where we were kind of on almost like, almost like a major medical. Like if we had an incident, but I still needed to go to the doctor for my blood pressure and just if I had a right. cold or something. And so I called my doctor and I asked her, I said, so what does it cost if I don't have insurance? He says, well, it's going to cost you $75. It's going to cost you $100. I said, well, I go to the doctor twice a year. So I can afford 200 bucks to have my doctor who's been seeing me for the past decade or more. Um, to do it. And it really turned out to be a benefit. Even prescription wise, you know, Publix gives you free antibiotics. So if you have a sinus infection, you know, you're getting seen and taken care of pretty quickly. So then I realized that, well, labs are expensive. And so how do I get all my labs run? I can't afford to spend a thousand dollars every time she wants to run, you know, my, 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 my labs. <clears throat> and so then I found a place online that gives, that gives you discounted labs that it's drawn by Quest I mean, I mean, I went to Alta Labs and I got $600 worth of labs drawn by Quest for like 
I don't know, 90 bucks, 100 bucks, right? And then so then I realized that it maybe isn't as expensive. And even if you do have health care, there's probably a benefit to stepping out of the system a little bit to kind of get these things done. And even because I know some people who have gone to you and even the labs that you run, they're not crazy expensive. I mean, you draw them in-house, right? Correct. Our labs are um, Mm $4,000 if you go to Questor Lab Corp. And um, through the office, it's $350 for the same labs. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So we use a secondary lab and then we draw, we send it directly there. Right. But they're not running the same labs that my doctor draws, are they? No. you're, You're running a different panel. Correct. Like, like what? So we look at fasting insulin. Fasting insulin to me is probably one of the most important labs that need to be run looking at insulin resistance. We run a full thyroid panel. We run, obviously, the sex hormones. We run vitamin D. We run growth hormone levels, IGF-1. We look at a lot of different things trying to assess the full mark. So I love your name is My Health Matrix. I think of like you look at these labs like uh, someone in the movie The Matrix can look at the numbers and kind of see the real world. Um, so you 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 massage, you look at these numbers and you can tell lots of different markers just kind of based on on what they say. Right. All right. Give me an example. Give me something that the normal doctor may not see, but you you can see just by seeing. So we draw a fasting insulin, for example, like I said, to me, that's one of the most important numbers for metabolic risk, cardiovascular risk. And that number should be less than seven. If I could keep that number less than seven, I know I can be rid of 80 to 85% of type two diabetes, period. Hmm. It's not even a traditional panel that's run. It's a cheap panel. It should be on every primary care physician's lab. Wow. It's simple. It's easy. simple. Mm-hmm. So, it, so there's going to be a cost, obviously. You're not free. But one of the things we were talking about kind of off microphone is I, I kind of have this number in my head that, well, what is your actual health worth, right? So if I already have some insurance, but yet this, this stuff's not going not to go, the benefit of seeing somebody that can make me feel better, that can make me a better husband, that can make me a better employee, better friend, better father, um, live longer, have more energy, have a stronger libido, have energy to do things I want to do. Um, frankly, I, I, I think it might be worth a few thousand dollars a year to kind of do that. Um, it's kind of a win-win-win situation. If I can take care of myself, then I can become a better father, husband, employee, right? Absolutely. And, and so the benefit of that is we never, we never take the time to kind of think about ourselves a lot. We, a lot of us are really kind of givers. We are always taking care of, if you're a mom, you're taking care of your husband, you're taking care of your kids. If you're an employee, you're making sure that the company is doing, if you're a business owner, you're always, I mean, we're always working, right? Mm-hmm. So as a business owner, you, right. you never stop. Right. So what happens when you get sick? And COVID made us kind of stop. Uh-oh, I've got to, I got to, I got to stop for a minute. If you get COVID, you may have to take a break for a minute. Um, but the, but the benefits of being well on a more consistent basis, and frankly, I love the markers that you can tell, you know, if we can make this happen, we can reduce cardiovascular illness. Like, that boggles my mind. Why wouldn't we want to do that all the time? That's a great question, and I don't know the answer to that. And that's why what we do is so important. And our patients come, and they're like, I've learned more. I've seen you more in this hour or two hours than I have seen my traditional doctor in the last 10 years. I'm the education piece. It's just, it's crazy what patients tell us. Mm-hmm. 
And so you you have some other supplements that um, I, that you'd like to do. Uh, I, I find intriguing. There's one that a obviously I, like I take melatonin occasionally at night for bed to take a pill. I know that you have some other methods of that. And then frankly, once I get to sleep, if I wake up, I may not be able to go back to sleep. So come, why don't you step just step through some cool things you have out there that we don't even know exists. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about sleep, I break sleep down into three things. Get to sleep, stay asleep, slow your racing brain. Well, first of all, I always ask patients, do you snore? So many people have snoring, sleep apnea, and they're never even assessed for it. And I assess people, I send people for studies all the time, and I have them come back positive for sleep apnea. It's crazy. And so get to sleep melatonin, like you said. I'm not a big fan of melatonin swallow caps or gummies. I love melatonin sublingual. Melatonin sublingual bypasses your belly. It goes under your tongue, one to two sprays every five to 10 minutes to promote sleep. So it's a Simple. spray. It's a spray. And you do up to 15, 12 sprays nightly. Mm-hmm. Get to sleep or stay asleep. That's progesterone. Everybody's like, well, that's a girl hormone. Absolutely not. It's a guy hormone too. Progesterone, calm, cool, collected, reduced stress, reduced anxiety, helps keep you asleep. Half my guys take it. 90% of my girls take it. I've been on it for over seven years for sleep. It's ridiculously amazing for sleep. And I don't know what anybody needs dose-wise, so I put you on a specific dose, and I put you on a low dose, and what happens is you start on a very low dose, and you titrate up every couple days. You go up one, two, three, four, ten. I don't know where you're going to end up at Mm. until you're sleeping through the night. And then turning down your slowing down your brain, GABA. GABA slows down your brain. Um, it works in the benzodiazepine receptor, the same receptor that Xanax and Ativan work in, except it's not a chemical. It's a supplement to slow your racing brain. So did you come across any struggles or challenges when you made the leap up? I mean, obviously it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not free. You obviously have to spend money to make money. Of course. Um, what were some of the obstacles you kind of ran into? So when we um, initially um, got our space in Lake Mary, you know, we had gone to, you know, looking for our loan as, as we purchased our place. And, you know, we had gone to some bigger banks and, you know, they had kind of turned us away and, you know, because we were a brand new business and, you know, not established. Um, but then we went to a local regional bank, um, Surety Bank, and they were, you know, took our information and they're like, yeah, that's what we do as a regional community bank, we support local small businesses. And so that would be something that I would definitely recommend is looking into the smaller banks and mm-hmm. they're going to be supportive of, you know, small businesses. And that's a, that's a partner now that we'll always work with them. You know, even as we continue to grow, they showed faith in us. And so we're going to be recommending them to people and we're going to be continuing to do business as we grow with them. Well, it's important to have that partnership. We think of a bank as just some place to hold our money. We actually had uh, a banker here um, on our podcast a few weeks ago, and we really talked about the relationship between the banker and the business, because um, the more the banker knows about the business, the more information and the more ammo the banker has to support that business. So finding that, that financial piece that can help you is, is really, I'm sure, really essential. Yeah. And we also have found like you, that the smaller banks, the community banks, the regional banks, they have, they seem to have a little more flexibility um, and interest in supporting local business. Yeah. They don't have to call corporate and, and to kind of get certain things done. You have some some staff. You had to go about hiring these staff. You just put an ad out in the paper and trying to get the good good people, or are you actually going to have 
Uh, these all friends of the, of the firm. So, um, we have some friends, um, in, um, on our staff. Um, I recruited somebody who was an employee. Um, she had left a position that I was at a couple of clinics ago and she was at a different clinic and we had still maintained relationship and she wasn't super happy in her new position. And so I was like, Hey, um, I'm getting ready to start a project. Do you have any interest? And she said, absolutely. Um, right now we're actually working on expansion and we're actually interviewing um, medical assistants through staffing firms. We're looking for the right fit for the our right team. Right. So, what, so what's the next growth step then for you? So the next growth staff will be a medical assistant that can do both blood draws, both to the back office and a little bit of front office. And that'll probably be probably about max for a clinic is three people, mm. the provider, and then we have a marketer who's out in the community who um, goes to um, BNI networking events, goes to other events and kind of markets for us. Um, so that's kind of, you know, what a clinic probably needs staff wise. Have you thought about bringing on another provider that can work kind of underneath you or side by side to kind of double up your efforts? So I will be bringing on a new provider as we can affiliates because I will have to make myself available for training, accessibility, answering clinical questions. And I can't run a full clinic as well as train and mentor. Again, there's just not enough hours in the day. And sure. that's one of the things with healthcare people is we're our own worst enemies because like you said earlier, we're always looking out for others. We're looking out for our patients. We're keeping them healthy, but kind of at our own detriment. Some of my sicker people, more depleted people are healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things we try and practice what we preach. We try and maintain some, some sort of balance. And so that's one of the things that will happen is I will have to bring a provider in to kind of co-share with me and I'll kind of offload some of my patients to this provider as I become more involved in the training aspect, as we get more affiliates. Well, you've got to create support for the affiliates you bring on. So they're, Correct. Going, to, they're going to have questions and want to run things by you. Well, that's amazing. All right. So if someone in our audience is not in your area, can't get to you, um, doesn't have anybody near them, um, what are just some basic things that we should be doing as individuals? Uh, obviously, you're not going to be able to give us like, strict medical advice on an individual basis, but are there supplements? Are there things that we should be doing? Talk us through what, if we're not in a position to see you or someone like you, what should we be doing to kind of benefit our, our health? So for me, it always starts with diet and it's always about a high protein, low carb diet. And we recommend protein at one gram per pound of desired body weight. Now, if you're looking to lose weight, I never want your protein under 20 grams below your current weight. So for example, if you're 100 and if you're 200 pounds and your goal is to get down to 150 or 170, something like that, I would start your protein at 180 grams daily. And then as your weight starts to drop, you kind of shift that protein and you only stay 20 grams. If you're trying to put weight on, you're a college kid, you know, an adult, whatever, and you want to put a little bit weight on and you want to weigh 220 pounds and you currently weigh 200, I would have your protein at 220 grams daily. I want to keep your carbs somewhere in the 50 to the 100 range. I want to fats 15 to 20% of your diet as healthy fat. All I usually tell my patients to do for the first three days, don't change anything you currently do. Count. 
All I want you to do is count anything you put in your mouth with a fork, a hand, or you drink, Couch protein, carbs, fats. Most Americans are under 75 grams of protein daily. Most Americans are somewhere in the two to 300 grams of carbs daily and a little bit of healthy fat. There's an amazing supplement if you're trying to lose weight called berberine. We have it as dihydroberberine. It's called Carbex. That's our brand. And it reduces absorption and metabolism of carbohydrates. There's some articles. I've been using it for probably six years, maybe seven years now. Probably two, three months ago, a bunch of articles came out about nature's Ozempic, which is a weight loss medication that you may or may not have heard about. A lot of patients are using for weight loss. It's a weekly injection. And Berberine's nature's Ozempic. And so all my, all my friends were sending me, you were ahead of the curve, sending me these articles about, <laughs> about Berberine. And so it's a cheap supplement. It's an amazing supplement, totally underutilized. Um, I would put, make a recommendation of a good quality multivitamin, the micronutrition piece, like we were talking earlier about food sourcing today is just different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Everybody needs the micronutrition. Everybody is borderline deficient in magnesium. Vitamin D, everybody is deficient. Even in Florida, everybody's like, well, I go out in the sun. The problem is we go out in the sun in a t-shirt and shorts. 18% of your body in the front and your belly and your back, that's 36% of your surface area of your body. It's covered. The only things that are exposed are your lower arms and your lower legs. Mm -hmm. That's not enough area to get that vitamin D up. In order to get that vitamin D up naturally, you have to go outside in a bikini, um, shorts and a bikini top, or a guy shorts for an hour a day. Nobody does that. Yeah, and you put sunscreen on and then all of a sudden you're not getting absorption. Mm, that's a good point. Prioritizing sleep. Sleep has to be a priority. Goal is seven to eight hours of sleep nightly. Make sure you're hydrating 100 to 120 ounces of water daily. Add lemon to your water. Add pink Himalayan salt to your water. Lemon makes you more alkaline, less acidic. When you're acidic, you're predisposed to cancers, injuries, illness, inflammation, osteoporosis, pain. Just add some pink Himalayan salt. Limit dairy. Dairy is very acidic. Greens make you more alkaline. And then the pink Himalayan salt is metals and minerals to support your adrenals, stress hormones. Just add a little bit to your water. Everybody always asks how much. Not so much where it feels like you're drinking Daytona Beach, <laughs> but enough where you have, yeah, I can taste something. And limit alcohol. Alcohol is absolutely disruptive to weight loss. Converts to estrogen, disrupts sleep, and causes water retention. Those are easy, relatively cheap, free, um, that anybody can do without real any direction. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And, and a lot of it's just kind of common sense. We've yeah. heard forever, get some sleep, yeah. vitamin D. But frankly, we don't know how to get vitamin D right based on what you just said. We, we go out and we're five, ten minutes and... Is there, right. a, is you know, there, is such there, a fraction of your body's exposed. Is there a recommendation on, on, on quantities of, of like D and such? Those? So the problem with vitamin D is it's fat soluble. You can get toxic on vitamin D. <clears throat> Most Americans can handle 5,000 IU, but I usually say do not do more than 5,000 IU for more than 90 days without getting a lab done because it is fat soluble. 
Tim, is there anything else we need to talk about? You know, my biggest thing is everybody needs to take control of their own health. Don't go to your physician expecting him to be your advocate. You have to be your own advocate. That's probably my most important message. Yeah, I love it. Well, how do uh, how would, would someone get a hold of you if they wanted to either become an affiliate or come see you in your practice? Yeah, so you can go to healthmatrix.com and... Um, that's our website on there. There's also a shop and our supplement line is on there. One of the things we did when we launched this project is we also launched a private label supplement company at the same time, because we want to make sure our patients have access to quality products that aren't full of fillers and extra toxins and things like that. Because the problem with any supplement, no supplements built equally and they're not FDA regulated, even ours. Mm -hmm. You can put dirt in a vitamin D capsule and call it vitamin D and it's not illegal. And so again, you don't know what you're getting until you know what you're getting. And so I don't care if you use mine, I don't care if you do or don't. If you get a vitamin D and your level goes up and your level's where we want it, Great, good product. If you get a vitamin D and you're taking a couple of day and your vitamin D does nothing, eh, you probably didn't get a good product. Then we have a different conversation. Right. Um, so you can reach us, access through there, or you can call the office at 321-321-6461. Wow, a lot to digest, a lot to unpack there. And I did warn you, he was going to machine gun you with, <laughs> with information, but it's all good stuff. Tim, thanks for being here. Man. Yeah, I really appreciate so you. Thank you for your service and thanks for... Uh, Step on the edge and, and being in the fringes of the medical world so we can advance um, advance our health and well-being. So thanks Thank for being Thank you guys here. for having me. I appreciate it. All yep. right. Great show, everybody. Thank you. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to learn more about how to start a Hole in the Wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com. <laughs>